listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. Now the largest new media platform on the web and your number one source for after-show entertainment. Very good the AfterBuzz studios in Los Angeles, California and streaming live on Ustream. This is AfterBuzz TV for True Blood. We'll break down tonight's episode and get you all the latest True Blood news and gossip. If you'd like to buzz in on tonight's show, you can buzz us at 424-256-1729. That's 424-256-1729. And now, picking up where the show leaves off, and the buzz continues. It's After Buzz TV for True Blood. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the show. So we're going to be covering Season 4, Episode 9, Run, today. And my name is Sarah Stratton, just to let you know. So I'm just going to be hosting today. It might be a little bit of a shorter show, but I just want to keep us up to date week to week. And we'll be back next week. Hopefully, um, Emery will be back from her trip to Chicago where she's doing some fun shooting and everything like that. So, last week, we got... Oh, well, actually, oh. Sarah. Oh, does Jesse have something to say? DJ Jesse has something DJ to say. DJ Jesse has something to say, everyone. Let's I'm here up. in the studio with Miss Sarah Stratton. Um, so, we have a couple little announcements to make. Okay. Number one, join us on iTunes iTunes is great. It's, Come on. Apple owns the world. iTunes. Whoa, whoa. AfterBuzz owns the world. Right. Right. Correction. AfterBuzz owns the world. Apparently, Beyonce and runs the world, but we own the world. Okay. No. Well, I mean, iTunes has us, so obviously they've got it. Right. They're like they, no, they're, the... they're connected. They're dialed in. There we go. All right. So we're on iTunes. It's really easy, guys. You just type in AfterBuzz TV True Blood. There we go. Then It'll you pop can right see up. me all the time. Yep. You just hit subscribe. It's free. Who can? It's you can't compete with free. You can't compete with free. It's what is free, better easy, than free? And it's so easy. I mean, I guess it's if so we, easy. You just click a button. One, one button, and it'll automatically download it every week, and you can hear Sarah all the time. <laughs> all the time. Also, Stitcher. It's an app for your phone, and this little app is amazing. It's S T I T C H E R, and it's similar to iTunes. But basically, you can download the podcast from your phone. You don't even have to download it, actually. You can stream it from your phone. What type of phones does this use? Can it be on anything? Any, any type of phone. Any type it's of just, phones. It's literally an, a free application there you um, go. for your Androids, your Pod. What, I don't even know what, how many. All sorts of things. Whatever Verizon, AT&T, yeah. all over the place. Yeah, you know, they got it all. There we go. Um, obviously, you guys know Ustream.tv backslash TV, And also, check us out on Facebook. Another easy thing, guys. Facebook, just type AfterBuzz TV and hit like, and you'll get caught up on all the news, all the gossip, and filled in and, with all the shows. Yeah, and join in on the conversation on the on the web page. And you can probably see that we have lots of shows. I mean, obviously, True Blood fans, but we have tons of other shows that you can watch. We've been doing Celebrity Rehab. We've been doing Glee. We do shows all year round. So don't just think that this is our only one. No, but like I said, guys, subscribe on iTunes and help Sarah out because we're going to be getting into our top three favorite podcasts of the week. So, everyone. Yeah. Me. Click and, the and button. For, for everyone listening on iTunes, she was pointing to herself. Oh, yes. I'm pointing to myself, iTunes. 
So click subscribe. Subscribe. Don't Help just click out. the one. All right, back to you, sir. Okay, so as I was saying, last week, in true True Blood fashion, we got left on a huge cliffhanger. We saw, like, this basically fight of vampires versus witches, and it all ended so heatedly. Suki got shot, and we see, like, Antonia versus Eric. And so we got a few answers this week, but not as many as I was hoping. So it starts out. And we see, you see Alcide running, and he's carrying Sookie. And all of a sudden, Bill, like, shoots out of nowhere and steals Sookie out of Alcide's arms. And Alcide's, like, sitting there like, well, what is this? Who knows what's going on? Rushes her back to the house. And is, like, trying to give her his blood. And she's, like, passed out, but she barely has a pulse. And she's not taking it. But somehow, I missed this part. We never figured out who actually shot her. Unless I missed something. We never actually figured out how they got her to drink the blood. But she ends up drinking the blood, surviving, you know, the normal Sookie Stackhouse fashion. She always gets near the death mark, but somehow always makes it back. Um, so we see that, and they have, she wakes up, and then there's like this moment. And the first thing she says, which kind of bothered me, was, what, she goes, where's Eric? I'm like, you can't say thank you. Really? Like, these people just saved your life. You have to ask where Eric is. Like, I don't understand if that's supposed to be, like, a selfless thing. Like, she's not thinking about herself. But to me, it was just, like, I don't know, ungrateful. Like, say thank you. These people rescued you. And this, like, throws Alcide over the edge. And he's like, I'm leaving. I'm not going to let you just hang around all these vampires that are causing you to get hurt. And he, like, storms off. Which I thought was kind of weird. I mean... He's been around, he's, like, watching her as she's, like, passed out on this couch for who knows how long. He, like, risks his relationship to go help her and save her. And then as soon as she wakes up, he's like, okay, peace. I'm done. All right. I'm like, Alcide, you have to, like, pick if you're dedicated to her or not. Also, we see Bill, who's a little more civil. He's like, you need to think about yourself, like... Blah, blah, blah. She, then she proceeds to thank him for his blood. And then he leaves. And you see a little bit of a little bit of flicker of romance in there. So that's what happens with Sookie. So she's okay. Everyone who's worried about her all through the week. She survived. She's good. But then we go over to Eric. And last time we saw Eric was with Marnie slash Antonia. Who's like has him like kneeling on his knees before her. And we, it's confirmed this week that Eric is now completely under her control. And she's trying to use him in her plot to hurt the Vampire Nation. Because the Vampire Nation is having, like, this really cheesy festival. It's called, like, the Festival or something of Tolerance. And it's, like, in this little theater with, like, balloons. It looked like a horrible high school prom. But, anyway, so she has this plan to use Eric to murder the king and to kidnap the blonde lady who's, like, in charge of, like, she's, like, the face of all the vampires. Um, and this is a really big deal, and it causes, like, kind of a stir in the um, little Wiccan crew. So everyone's kind of freaking out. After it, They are all meeting up. Now Eric is with them. Antonia's like, oh, he has to follow everything I do. And you see everyone have a little bit of different reactions. Tara freaks out and is like, this is not what we signed up for. How can we be doing this? And they're all obviously really scared, except for you've got this, like, one crazy guy who's like, oh, this is awesome, so cool, let's kill everyone. 
But most of them are not too happy with her. And they're trying to leave, and she basically threatens them, and it's like, see what happens if you leave. And so they're basically being held hostage, and Antonia is making this giant plot to, like, make her stay, hurt the vampires, you know, her normal plot line. Um, meanwhile, let's see. We also have um, a situation going on with Sam and Luna. So last week we kind of saw we saw their whole problem where Tommy skin shifted into Sam and then proceeded to have sex with Luna, who's Sam's girlfriend, and this causes a big problem, obviously. And we see a big rift come between Tommy and Sam. So then this week we see Sam and Luna kind of trying to figure things out. Um, Sam's really putting his foot down and being like, I'm in this relationship. Like, I want this to work. I am here. Like, I want to be part of almost his family. Like, he's really accepting of the daughter, everything like that. And so this week he decides to take them on a camping trip because they want to get away from the crazy separated ex-husband who is Marcus, who actually happens to be the pack leader of the werewolves. So they decide to go on this camping trip into nature, reconnect. Sam's like, this is where everything, this is where you go to calm down. For people like us, who I guess are shifters, are more connected to nature than I guess everyone else, um, that's where they go to relax. And they go on this camping trip, and Luna's all excited, and she's like, oh, this is going to be so nice. And it turns out pretty well. But while they're off having a great time, you know, frolicking in the bushes, although there was a weird point, I'm going to add this side note before I go back, where basically the little girl's like, I want to be, I want to pet this bunny so bad. And then Sam, trying to be like the nice guy, shape shifts into a bunny that she can pet. But I was thinking about it, and honestly, this is my side note, I thought it was kind of creepy because I was thinking about it way too realistically. And I was like, so she's like petting him? That's weird. Little girl, like, I don't know why, but it really creeped me out when I thought about it too much. I was just like, like, that's his, like, your little girl's, like, petting him. Weird. And, like, holding him. Like, it just really creeped me out, like, when I really thought about it. But obviously, that's not the point. It's supposed to be cute, and he's supposed to be affectionate and, like, helping her and be cuddling versus, like, her real father, who she's plainly scared of. So th while this happiness is going on, the little family love in the forest, we see confrontation going on on the other side of this story, and that's with Tommy and Marcus. And basically, Marcus has threatened Sam because he's like, "Oh, you're ruining my you're ruining my relationship. This is my territory." Doing the whole dog thing, like you know, marking off the round, saying anyone who goes here is gonna get a fight. So he goes to the bar, Sam's bar, and where he runs into Tommy, and he's like, Tommy, give Sam a message for me. Tommy, of course, being the stubborn-headed boy that he is, is being a total smart aleck, and you see it in his eyes. Like, you completely know he's like, I'm taking matters into my own hands, which I thought was kind of a good thing. I mean, it, it, gives, somewhere, it gives Sam and Tommy somewhere to go, because right now I saw them kind of in this position, like, unforgivable situations, like, rift for a really long time like I've been saying on the show in the past couple weeks like I think they're going to be fighting for a really long time and this takes it in a different direction because basically Tommy went to the wolf pack as Sam to try and defend Sam and he goes and like he tells 
he tells Marcus, he's like, look, I've never touched, saying this as Sam, by the way, he's like, look, I've never touched her. The only person that touched her is my brother. And this, this all, which was, the whole conversation was kind of weird. Because I was like, Tommy, I understand you're trying to help Sam in a way. But angering the guy in any way is not good. And him coming after you and then Sam's going to feel guilty about it isn't good either. But basically what ends up happening is Marcus freaks out being this, like, alpha dog that he is and starts just him and, like, four other werewolves start just beating on Tommy, who's still in Sam's skin, just beating on him, wailing on him. And Alcide is there. And Alcide's, like... To being the good guy and he's speaking up and he's like, hey, this is against your word, blah, blah, blah. And what ends up happening is they beat him so bad that he actually turns into Tommy. And, like, he can't hold the shift anymore. Like, he goes into Tommy. And it was weird to me because once he turns into Tommy, Marcus, who was pissed because he thinks Tommy's the one who, like, slept with him, like, backs off and it's like, get him out of here. And I was kind of like... If you found out it was the actual person who was who had slept with your ex-wife, wouldn't you be more pissed? Maybe it was a minor thing. I don't know. But basically, Alcide's like, you guys can't touch him. It's like throwing the werewolves off of him, picks him up, and leaves. So this has created a whole new spin on a bunch of thoughts, in my opinion. I mean, obviously, Sam's going to find out. I'm wondering what's he going to do. He could take the route of being like, Tommy, why do you keep getting involved in my business? The stupid, stupid. I think he's going to do, and I think we kind of saw it in a glimpse, is he's just going to be filled with, like, this brotherly thing where he's he has this Marcus guy who's now frightening his girlfriend, fri- frightening his girlfriend's daughter, and beating up his brother. He has so many things to, like, against this guy. I think he's just going to explode, and I think we're going to see a really big confrontation. And then also you have the role of Alcide, which is a whole nother thing. Because when Alcide was picking up, picking off all these guys off of Tommy, no one went after Alcide. And that to me is really interesting. Like the pack lead, Marcus didn't be like, oh, get Alcide too. Nothing like that happened. And they like kind of respected what he did. So that's going to cause more confrontation between Alcide and the wolf pack. So is Alcide going to take over the wolf pack, change how they do things? Who knows? I mean, I think he obviously has alpha potential. There was my, there was one, I have to mention, there's one of my favorite quotes in this, um, in this episode was from Marcus, and it was when he was asking Alcide to stay, and he goes, I mean, you're 6'6 and bigger than a door. And I was just like, yes, he is. He is. It's fantastic. He just needs to be on screen all the time. Um, but that was my favorite quote because it had Alcide in it and it's commenting about how manly of a man he was. Anyway, so so we have all these things going on. All, the plot seems to always be thickening. Like you think they have to resolve something, but they always just add more, which is great for this show. Also, speaking about Alcide, we kind of see um, his relationship with Debbie go into some interesting waves this episode first um we're gonna backtrack a little bit last week we kind of got a glimpse of debbie seeing alcide uh, rescue sookie after she had told him and he had promised to stay away from her this causes alcide comes back tries to get into bed without saying anything doesn't mention that he did this 
And Debbie takes her revenge or her reaction in kind of a weird way. The first thing we see her do is she goes and gets V, which uh, if all you remember, she was a V addict last season, and it caused a lot of problems between her and Alcide, and that's like the key promise she has with him is that she's trying to be sober. So we see her break her sobriety this episode, or, I mean, she might have been doing this all along and we didn't know, but like this episode we become sure that she's been, she breaks her sobriety. And... This kind of scared me. I was like, okay, what is she going to do now? Is she going to go crazy? Is she, who knows? And then the next thing we see of her, she goes to Sookie's. And she actually tries to become friends with Sookie. So I'm not sure if the V was a small relapse, if it's a habit. But she's partially trying to do the right thing and partially trying to do the wrong thing. And I must say, this is one of my first episodes where I've seen Debbie and actually liked her. Like, most episodes, like, all the weeks, we say, like, oh, my gosh, this woman needs to stop. Like, she's so annoying. She needs to pick a style. She's all over the place. And But this week, I really, you know, I felt like she was trying. Like, she was failing a little, but she was trying. And so while she's doing this, so this is obviously going to cause a huge problem in their relationship. Like, he's going to find out that she did V. And then he's going to find out that she's trying to help Sookie. I'm like, are those going to balance out? Is he going to be happy that she's trying to help Suki and mad that she's going to be doing B, that it's all going to be even? Is one going to completely overweigh the other? Who knows? Um, also, so we've got all these overlapping plot lines. Sorry, I'm going to cough for one second. You guys, hold on one moment. <coughs> Sorry, I got a little bit of something stuck in my throat. But anyway, um, so we have all these overlapping characters and plot lines and everything is becoming so like meshed together which I really like um and so we have Debbie crossing over from her relationship with Alcide to crossing over to being like Suki's kind of friend and she tries to help Suki get back Eric and they fail in trying to get back Eric but they do discover a few things after they break into this Wiccan hideout Suki finds Eric realizes that he's under her spell Finds out what he's planning to do, what she's planning to do, which is kill um, Bill and kidnap the blonde lady. And she discovers that everyone's being held hostage. So those are the big things. And no one ends up too hurt until, of course, the end when they all, when Suki, Bill, the blonde lady, Eric, Antonia slash Marnie, as well as a few other people all end up at this what's it called, Festival of Tolerance, which is ridiculous. And it becomes total mayhem. Suki runs in at the very last minute, too late to save really anyone. Um, she, like, yells Bill, and then all of a sudden we see vampires kill the security, and then people are, like, flying up into the air, like, supposedly being killed. And then the last thing we really see is Antonio commanding Eric to go kill Bill. And, of course, who knows what's going to happen. They always leave us with some cliffhanger, and that's pretty much the main mystery of next week. And so so besides all of these things going on, we have two other plot lines that were uh, really mentioned this week that aren't as connected with all of this craziness, which are Jessica and Hoyt and Jason. Where basically Hoyt's still like, get this stuff out of my house. Jessica's still crying. And Jason's like, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm just following thing. 
This culminates after an end with Jessica and Jason actually having sex. Uh, they, we've seen fantasies of this, but we've never seen it happen. So this actually happens. You see Jason kind of struggle with trying to be the good guy, but he obviously fails, and they end up having sex in the back of his truck. Although they had a perfectly good mansion right behind them, which I don't understand why they didn't just use that. Because that's where he was. It wasn't like she came out to the truck. Like, they went from the mansion to the truck to have sex. Really weird. I don't know. I guess it fits Jason's style more, maybe? Anyway, so um, I'm, I don't know what all your opinions are on this. I mean, you're feel free to comment or call in about them. But my personal opinion was, Jason, you could have gotten more respect out of me if you didn't. Like, come on. I understand she's tempting. She's beautiful. But you're trying to be a good friend. You're doing a good job. And you know Hoyt's hurting. Really? Why'd you go through this? Are they trying to make a new couple? Like, no. Hoyt, Jessica, need to be together eventually. Jason, you getting in the way is going to hurt your friendship or something. I just don't like it. And then so we've got that little side plot going on. We also have a big thing going on with um, with Jesus and the baby and the possession of Lafayette, all this stuff. And that was we saw a little bit of a glimpse last week. And basically um, this ghost has taken over Lafayette, this ghost of a woman, and she kidnaps the baby of Arlene, thinking it's hers, and then storms into Hoyt's house being like, this is my house. So she's got everything confused. She's got her, her body confused. She's got her baby confused. she got her home confused. She all thinks that everyone's wrong. And they're trying to get this baby back. She, like, has a gun. She's, like, shooting them. Um, but basically, it culminates with Jesus arriving. After basically the whole town's arrived, you got Jason there. You got Arlene. You got Terry. You got um, Sheriff Belfleur. You've got, and you've got Lafayette who's possessed, and the baby. Um, and so all this culminates with Jesus coming and coming to the rescue as the nurse, going in and explaining to, the, uh, to Lafayette or to the woman in Lafayette that she is wrong. And he basically is like, I'm a brojo, I'm going to help. And she has to relive what happened to her, which is that after she tried to get her baby back, she ended up dying. Um... And then in the end, what happened? So we see Jesus really use his magic. I don't really remember ever seeing this before. Um, we've seen little things, but this was like big deal magic. Like he was getting visions of the past. And then at the very end, he after they've dug up the, the really sad skeletons, the baby and her, um, he's able to free her soul from Lafayette, and she's able to go peacefully to the um, afterlife. And Lafayette comes back and he's kind of like at peace with what's happened to him. And it explains, and everyone's watching. So this is a really big deal. So like all these people now know what he can do. And it's a really big thing. And I'm like, is this going to happen all the time? Are there just going to be ghosts like crazy? Like it's a bunch of side stories. It really does open up a lot of options. But I'm wondering, but it just also leaves me a lot of questions. Like what about the guy who possessed him the first time in Mexico? Is he coming back? Has he been somewhere? Also, what about the writing on the wall from the baby? Was that that ghost or is this something else? Um, I don't know if that ever really got explained to me. Maybe I missed it. And so those were the two side plots along with all the craziness. What we're basically waiting to find out next week is the main ones. What's going to happen to Bill? What's going to happen to Sookie? 
And we saw a little flash of what's going on with Debbie and the Packmaster. Also, what's going on with um, Sam and the Packmaster. So we got a lot of action for next week. If Jesse wants to play the some predictions, I'll tell you what I think is going to happen. There we go. And now, your After Buzz TV predictions. Gotta love those sound effects. I figured you guys might want to hear someone's voice besides mine just talking at you. So, had to play a little bit of our special things. So, basically, what I think is going to happen, Sam's going to blow up. He's going to kick the Packmaster's butt. And Alcide is somehow going to be tied in. And he's going to, and when the Pack tries to, like, go after Sam, Alcide's going to stand up on their side and then somehow, like, take over the Pack. Also, I think something's going to happen between Debbie and the Packmaster before this little fight occurs, which is also going to be an encouragement for Alcide to be like, you need to step down to Marcus. Um, I think that one of the vampires is going to end up dead. It's either going to be, I had to say it, but it's either going to be Eric, Bill, or the blonde lady. I think it has to happen. I think... It's all so chaotic in there that not everyone can leave, okay? And something bad's going to happen to Antonio. Um, also, someone has to go save all the kidnapped people. I'm thinking that that is going to end up being a vampire. And I think that's going to help them make peace or whatever. Um, also, I think that Tommy and Alcide, who are together at this point because Alcide is helping him, I think... I think we might see some friendships. I am also, I'm wondering when Alcide is going to connect the dots. Because obviously Alcide has had like this little sexual tension between him and Suki. And I feel like he has to have heard about Sam in the past. So I'm wondering when he's going to figure out that like they know each other. That all these people know each other. Like I feel like that needs to click. I think it would be funny. Um, so those are pretty much what I think is going to happen. Please, like, give us feedback, comment, let us know if you have any questions or any thoughts or if you think we missed something or there was a key fact that would really, like, open up doors. Like, just let us know. We always want to hear them. And you can email us at info at afterbuzztv.com, and we do read them, and we'll let Sarah know, you know, for next time, and she'll be able to address it. There you go. Lots of questions. I have lots of answers. I'll try and get you. Oh, there we go. Okay, well, thanks, everyone, for coming. From producers Kevin Undergaro and Phil Svitek, engineer DJ Jesse Janity, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. If you have questions or comments, be sure to buzz us at info at AfterBuzzTV.com. And you can find us on Facebook or follow us on Twitter by searching for AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.